Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by the Chicago Reader and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Maya is joining us. Maya Tumasafa from uh, my beloved reader is joining us. Ace feature writer, ace investigative reporter, my partner in crime from First Tuesday. And uh, she really wanted to spend the time. She personally asked me, uh, she wanted to dedicate this entire segment to talking about uh, Dr. Jill Bidengate. But I said, Maya, no. We're not going to be talking about Dr. Jill Bidengate under any circumstances. You cannot make me talk about Dr. Jill Bidengate. Just kidding, Maya. Welcome to the show. I know you don't want to talk about Dr. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Can I just quote your text, which was really funny? Can I please quote it? Can I just, because I I, I sent out a list of ideas to talk about. I just was curious because it's the kind of thing, it's very riffable uh, for Maya. And she goes, quote, I really don't want to spend much time talking about it. It's really very stupid. <laughs> I haven't been. Fo- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't been following it besides hearing about it when the story ran. I just want to say um, some of your best riffs are on the inanity of articles or issues that are being widely discussed uh, in the uh uh, on the internet are just widely discussed. But anyway, we're not, we'll put that to the side. There's some very serious things that you've raised. Yeah. Um, and there's uh, some really serious shit going on in the city, like over the last 24 hours. And I really feel like it would be a better use of our time to talk about that. Yes. I am with you hundred percent. And I want to thank you uh, for sending me the, uh, the story. Let's give a shout out to Dave Savini uh, channel Two. A very compelling story that ran. I guess it ran last night, um, and and uh, Maya shared it with me about a woman, Anjanette Young. Why don't you uh, tell? There's so much going on here, but why don't you just give some of the details on what happened? Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, I woke up this morning, and this is this is what I I woke up to 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 see the story online, and I really wonder if this is going to become something like you know Lori Lightfoot's Laquan McDonald moment, because basically. What CBS2 ran was a video of a police raid that the city was trying really hard to uh, get the TV station not to show. Apparently, they sued them to try to prevent them from showing it. The body cam footage from a team of, of like some kind of tactical officers basically shows them busting into a woman's apartment. Uh, she 
uh, they were looking for somebody else and they got the wrong apartment. They busted into this woman's apartment. She was in the process of changing after work. She was naked when they broke her door down. And over the next like 20 minutes, these cops basically, I mean, they, they handcuffed her naked. It was like a dozen male cops and she kept telling them they had the wrong place. Um, they, you know, periodically there was like somebody who would put some kind of piece of clothing over her. But, uh, you know, basically this woman was humiliated and forced to, uh, be in a position to keep repeating that she was just living there by herself and she had nothing to do with anything. And, uh, it turned out, uh, when Dave Savini and the rest of the team at CBS two did some digging that, uh, the, the cops came to her address because they got some incorrect information from an informant about somebody else who allegedly had some kind of some weapons or something in his apartment, a guy that lived in the same complex at this as this woman. So these, these cops got the address wrong. And then at the very end of the footage that CBS two showed, there's a discussion amongst the cops about how it's possible that they didn't even have a warrant to conduct this raid. That something that, that this thing wasn't actually authorized. And, uh, the the whole incident went, went down in 2019 in February. Um, the body cam footage shows, uh, February 22nd, 2019. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's just like a, a situation that's very, very similar to really the Breonna Taylor Taylor case. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, this is a police raid based on a warrant and whether there were intentional or unintentional mistakes that, that, that went along with the warrant affidavit, um, this, this is how this, this, these dominoes start. And there was an CBS two ran an interview with, um, Anjanette Young, the woman who, whose house was busted into, she's a social worker. Um, and it's really, uh, it's really a, a really disgraceful story. And I mean, I just can see like throughout the video, it's, you know, fair warning to everybody. This is like extremely difficult to watch. It's there's like, I don't know if you've got any kind of trauma associated with, with this sort of thing. Um, I don't recommend watching the video, but throughout the whole thing, she's like telling them that they have the wrong house and she's like crying and yelling as is totally understandable. And these cops are just like telling her to come to calm down. They're being like defensive with her. And the whole time this lady is like standing naked in her living room. Handcuffed. Handcuffed with her hands behind her back. Finally, then they like let her, put some clothes on and then they still handcuff her yeah. before they spend some, you know, it's like 20 minutes later before they're out of her home, they busted the door down so badly that they couldn't even fix it. So they, the door wasn't workable anymore. Um, so I guess this lady is suing the city now, but it's just, it's, it's just like, um, my, I feel like there has not been enough attention paid in the whole sort of, world of journalism around all the ways that the criminal legal system is so messed up. There hasn't been enough attention paid to these warrant affidavits because in order to like raid someone's house, in order to arrest someone, in order to search someone's house, cops need a warrant. And in order to get the warrant, somebody on the team of cops working on the case has to give an affidavit, like a sworn statement to a judge about what are the grounds, like what is the probable cause for, for, getting the warrant. 
And time after time, what we see is like cops just lie on these affidavits. They, or they give incorrect information. In this case, uh, based on Savini's reporting, it seems like they got this uh, they got this information from this informant who messed up the address, but they made no effort to actually verify what the informant told them, like to actually double check the address. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a really crazy story. I mean, I think it's a little window into how regular people's lives, uh, black people's lives intersect with the justice system on a regular basis and really, really like horrifying traumatic ways. I mean, this lady literally just, this happened to her because she lives in this apartment complex. She has no relation whatsoever to the actual person they were targeting. Um, so yeah, uh, I just think that this is, and the fact that the, that, that the law department tried to suppress this is, is really, uh, kind of adds insult to injury. I, I assume that their justification for this had something to do with trying to protect the privacy of this woman, but obviously it's to protect, you know, the safe face for, for the mayor's office on how terribly botched this was. Well, let's just break that down a little bit because, um, there's a couple issues that pop into my mind. One is the raid itself and the way uh, the police officers, and I think there were nine of them, uh, treated uh, uh, Anjanette Young. Put that to side. The second issue uh, has to do with the resistance uh, to releasing the video. And I'm just going based on what I read uh Dave Savini's um, report, I read the uh, actual report a couple times. Uh, it was Anjanette Young herself, uh, as part of her lawsuit, who was seeking the release of the police yeah. video. So if the city was arguing that they were doing this uh, to prevent further humiliation of Anjanette uh, Young, then that's a very deceiving uh, argument to make because she was the one seeking uh, the video as part of her yeah. lawsuit. So, right. um, so that's, that's a, not a realistic argument to make if the city is. So this is the point that you were making Amaya. get your comments on this. When you said uh, there's, it's like, could be Lori Lightfoot's Laquan McDonald moment. Again, this raid happened. Lori Lightfoot was not mayor of Chicago when this raid happened. It happened in February 2019. However, yeah. she is mayor of Chicago uh, when the lawsuit was filed and when the um, appeal from Anjanette Young was made to get a hold of the video. And I think every cop Maya had their cameras on. There were a lot of cameras on, a lot of angles that you were watching this video. And yeah. they resisted that. And that's, a, uh, Savini doesn't go into that part of the story. I'd love to see an update on that. Uh, maybe you'll write the story, uh, an update on what was the reason the, the city made, uh, gave for resisting the FOIA request and how, you know, how many uh, appeals did she have to go through before the city turned it over. But that I think is what you were getting at when you said it has parallels to Kwame McDonald because uh, it was Mayor Rahm who battled the release of the Laquan McDonald video, the video that showed Jason Van Dyke uh, shooting Laquan McDonald and only released it after a, a Cook County judge ordered him to in a FOIA case that was fired mm -hmm. uh, by a couple of activists. Is that what you were getting at when you made? Yeah. Yeah. And, and right. It's just a, it's an example of the city trying to suppress a tape that looks really, really bad. It looks, I mean, I don't know what just, this is, the, the other thing is they, these uh, these 
the kind of officers that perform these raids, like this isn't just like some like Joe Schmo fresh out of the academy cops. Like you have to, you have to kind of qualify to get onto these tactical teams. Um, so supposedly these are people with some kind of expertise and some kind of record of, of, you know, good performance, whatever you might mean by good in this job, but good performance on this job. And, um, the just the sheer incompetence that this video captures is is really is really horrifying i mean if like if, <laughs> this lady could have ended up dead like if she would i i mean at one point this was my thought process like if this woman wasn't naked like literally naked in her own home i mean they could have if she if she had made any wrong move with her hand they could have interpreted this as like a person reaching for a weapon especially because it take, clearly takes them like several minutes for the gears to turn in their heads to even like grasp the fact that they were in the wrong place. The amount of like adrenaline that this thing, that these videos capture, like the sheer like brute force with which these cops are moving, the sort of like inert, like kind of like, yeah, just like the inertia in, in the way that they go about uh, this process is, is really frightening. And uh I really, I mean, if, again, or if she, if, if, if instead of a naked lady, it was a dude and, or what if it was someone who had a gun in their house because they had a, you know, a FOIA card and they had rightfully had a, had a gun in their house. What if it was actually just another black man in his twenties who had a gun in his house, not the target of the investigation, but just some other person, it could have very well been just a random other person who might've just by happenstance have had a weapon in his house. He might've reached for a weapon in, in, in his home after their door was busted down. You know, like these are all like reactions that people might have. And, you know, you don't know that like a person might be already have some kind of trauma in their, in their lives, some reason to fear where they could have like uh, an intense reaction to having their door busted down. Like this is just such an unsafe and crazy situation. And this lady, like, I just, I feel like it's just like a miracle that she didn't get physically hurt in this whole process and, and the situation didn't escalate further. And it just makes you wonder that like, how many, like how often do these raids go wrong? And then like how often in, in Breonna Taylor's case, I mean, it was a raid that went wrong. There was a lie on a warrant affidavit that connected her apartment to her ex-boyfriend and some packages he was supposedly receiving at her place which was a lie on the affidavit. The detective lied to a judge about the reason for raiding her apartment. And then they go in and, you know, her actual boyfriend does have a gun, is like a legal, you know, licensed carrier of a weapon. And, you know, the rest, the rest is history. So it's just, it's just all messed up. It's all messed up how police work gets done. And, you know, it's, uh, it, I, I don't know. I don't know how many more of these kinds of stories we need to see uh, in order to start really in order for someone like Lori Lightfoot, who, have, you know, supposedly ran on some platform for progressive change to start handling uh, law enforcement differently. Well, you know, once it was explained to me. Uh, and it was Peter Cunningham uh, who explained this to me. And Peter Cunningham, as uh, Maya knows, was on our show at the first Tuesday. 
and he was a speechwriter for Mayor Daley. Uh, and as such, he was one of the few people in the Mayor Daley uh, administration who would ever offer me insights on how uh, the city really works. But I remember him telling me that mayors are very cautious. I think afraid is the word he may have used. It's been a while since he had the conversation about confronting uh, the police department on high pro- profile cases and they stay clear of them. And I was there at the hideout when Lori Lightfoot uh, said that, uh, you know, that things would have to change and would change uh, if she was elected mayor of Chicago when it came to policing. And she talked about her time on the police board and how that, um, uh, moved her, motivated her to run for mayor, and she wanted to reform the system. Remember, I, I don't know if you were there that night, Maya, but somebody said, you know, you're a cop. Remember, she had to confront the cop uh, yeah. question. And yeah. um, I thought she was quite convincing. And the fact that the city resisted so long uh, just to release this video mm-hmm. shows that maybe stuff hasn't changed nearly as much as it should have. Again, this raid happened before Lori Lightfoot was mayor of Chicago, uh, but I mean, if if if, the, if her position is going to be that this has nothing to do with her administration, I feel like it's incumbent on her to demonstrate to the public what has what changes have been implemented that this kind of thing can't and doesn't happen on her watch. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. You know, uh, like yeah. that's what my question would be for her. If she's going to, if she's going to claim that this had nothing to do with her, well, what, you know, how are these, how are these raids carried out now? Yeah. And, and, uh, but to, to the point about, uh, uh, not releasing the, the, for, uh, the video itself, I, I can hear the advice of the lawyers right now, Maya, you know what I'm saying? Don't release that video that hurts our case. Uh, we'll have to pay out more. Uh, so in, as opposed to trying to change the culture that leads to raids like that, they try to uh, save money on the back end, if you follow what I'm saying, by um, fighting, battling to keep the video from being released, which is the same argument that uh, was at, at, at play with Laquan McDonald and the video. So in many ways, uh, nothing has changed. Very tough video to watch, you know. Yeah, and uh, I mean, look, like this is going to end up, this this is going to end up costing the taxpayers of the city of Chicago probably mm-hmm. millions of dollars. I mean, I don't know what kind of settlement this lady uh, can, can expect, but you're probably right that it'll be more than if she would have gotten and if this than if this hadn't gone public. And she is what she is like, she deserves every penny of that money for what she was put through. Uh, but the, this, the sort of like, I mean, the, the fact that these guys might have not even had a warrant before we even get to the part that they didn't do their due diligence with the way that they applied for this warrant. But since apparently it's, it, it seems like maybe they, they didn't even have a warrant to do this and it's going to cost taxpayers millions of dollars to, to, to make up for, for this bullshit. Like I just, you know, like when, how, when, when do the cops change how they operate? Like when does that part of the equation start changing? Well, I, I, mean, I you don't have an answer any more than I do. But no. That's the question I have. <laughs> you know, uh, and I, um, I remember having similar thoughts when I watched the full George Floyd video. I don't know if you've watched the whole video over time. They've released 
uh, pretty much the entire all the footage of the encounter between the police officers in, in Minneapolis and George Floyd, of course, led, led to his death. And but before you got to that part, there's that moment where the police officer showed up and started uh, knocking on the window of his car and were exceedingly abusive toward him in the way they talked to him, the way they treated him. And mm-hmm. for what? You know, I mean, I think the accusation, what he was passed on, perhaps passed on a counterfeit $20 bill. It, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was like, how did that warrant that kind of treatment? And it's just this whole approach towards policing that has to change, uh, my, uh, my humble opinion. And, yeah, uh, and I think that, you know, th- this case, what, what I would say, what I would like caution people about as we continue the discussion of this situation is that like, we, our attention is now being drawn to this problem, this team of police officers, this way of conducting raids, this, um, you know, the, 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 the bad paperwork, the lies on the warrant affidavits, the, the, the bad investigative work, all of these problems, right? Like our attention is now being drawn to this because of who the victim is, because the victim in this case is like, uh, you know, somebody who the media can present as like a respectable, middle-aged, innocent black woman who's a professional person, a social worker, and she got, you know, caught up in this thing that like is just, there's just like no gray area. Like this woman is just in her home getting changed and this happens to her completely out of nowhere, right? But I think that the horror of this the, the, the sort of like um, the way that the victim in this case is, is this like totally innocent woman uh, should not distract us away from like the horror of the circumstances. Because as I said before, like this situation would have not been any less horrific if, you know what, it would have even not been any less horrific if, uh, they were raiding the right place, but they had lied on the warrant affidavit to do the raid. You know what I'm saying? Like the situation isn't any better if we can identify uh, with the victim less. Because on the law enforcement side, I think these things keep happening because the cops rely on the fact that the, that the, that the targets and the victims of their actions are not going to garner much sympathy. So then it takes a case like this or Breonna Taylor or George Floyd to sort of mobilize public sympathy for the people on the receiving end of this. But this lady was just a random lady. And the messed up thing here is not because this happened to her, but because this happened. And it could have happened to someone who was not someone who, you know, could have been presented as this kind of like perfectly innocent victim. And I just, I would, I don't know. I would urge people to think less about the fact that this woman didn't deserve this and more about the fact that like, if the cops can get away with this, what else are they getting away with? When the victim is somebody who is a little, you know, less of a perfectly upstanding citizen. I hear you on that, Maya. Uh, very brutal. I urge everybody be, be aware. It's a very upsetting uh, video uh, to watch uh, what happened to uh, Anjanette Young. And 
uh, they handcuff her, she's naked. And then at some point, her hands behind her back, somebody thinks, oh, maybe we should uh, cover up this naked woman. So they put like a quilt around her. But since her hand, she's handcuffed behind her back, the quilt keeps falling off. Uh, very upsetting uh, footage indeed. And uh, lots of questions, particularly uh, on the other, for Lori Lightfoot's administration, why did they fight so hard to conceal it? So we'll be following this story. Uh, another story that uh, you alerted to me too, although in this case I'd actually seen it already, was in Chalkbeat. Oh, shout out to Chalkbeat, a uh, story they did about uh, the city, Mayor Lori Lightfoot getting a personal appeal uh, from one of her supporters uh, to um, sell the city computers. Looked yep. like an uh, old-fashioned pay-to-play. Why don't you talk a little bit about the Chuck Beats? The classic Barbara Burnt Bennett-style CPS <laughs> corruption. <laughs> um, yeah, so my understanding of the situation is that, uh, you know, here, here's like here's my take on this thing. It's in the heat of the crisis when suddenly the school system needs to deliver like tens of thousands of computers to kids. You know, I can see how the situation plays out where, you know, Lori says like, okay, I know a guy who will help us. Everything is done super, super fast without much attention to detail. And then we wind up in the situation where like a bunch of the computers are defective and the city is getting overcharged and it's a no bid contract situation. And, and it looks, you know, it looks like it's all pay to play because the guy was a donor. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I know it might sound strange that I that I'm making some kind of like give Lori the benefit of the doubt type of argument, but my point isn't really that. My point is that I I think it's interesting that she ran on this like promise to bring in the light and be a different kind of mayor. But when like the rubber hits the road <laughs> and she's yeah. in a position to have to make these kinds of massive decisions so quickly, like she's no better than anybody else. She's making the same kind of dumb mistakes as all her predecessors have. So I just wonder if this will knock her down a peg in terms of her like high and mighty attitude towards Chicago corruption, because here she is doing, you know, the classic as classic as a, you know, ketchup plus hot dog no good <laughs> contract with the city of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on a poppy seed bun. <laughs> By the way, there's absolutely nothing wrong with putting ketchup on your hot dog. If that's what you like, go ahead, do it, Chicagoans. Uh, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Uh, and I appreciate you try, putting, go, bending over backwards, Maya, uh, to give Lori the benefit of the doubt. But one, you would have, think, you would have thought that uh, CPS would have had some kind of strategy um, for distributing computers in the middle of the pandemic when they knew the schools would be shut down. Just saying, throwing that out there. It's, it's not as though uh, this caught them off guard. And number two, this, uh, yeah, this is straight out of like Ed Burke, Michael Madigan, Barbara Bird Bennett, go on, the list goes on and on. Uh, you know, somebody feels like the proper way to do these things is to cut through the bureaucracy, go straight to the mayor, go to the mayor. And you know what, when I first saw the headline, Maya, mm -hmm. my first reaction was, I, I think I may have told you this, oh, this good hearted rich guy was donating computers. That's what I thought. I thought, no, no, he wasn't donating computers. He was so <laughs> naive me. I'm like, oh, what in the, I thought I was like, oh, you know, a nice warm hearted story. Let me give you my computers. Like I got thousands of computers that I don't need anymore. Ah, he's a, all right. Maybe I can whittle off 10%, but I can't go lower than that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta say, uh, <laughs> 
in contrast to uh, the Anjanette Young story about the police uh, breaking in uh, to Anjanette Young's apartment, the wrong apartment, uh, this you can, you can chuckle at this. You can laugh at this. This is like classic uh, Chicago. But yes, I don't. You were with me, Maya. I may uh, remind you of this. Uh, when yeah. Lori Lightfoot took the oath of office, we were there. Uh, we were together. At, we were there together at that pavilion on the near south side, built with your taxpayers' funds, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and because um, DePaul really needed an arena for its basketball team. And now nobody can go to the arena anyway. Anyway, and you were there. We heard Lori Lightfoot said, let in the light. And she remember mm-hmm. she said she made fun of the aldermen. Those days are over. Get rid of alderman and prerogative. Now we have mayoral prerogative. Just email the mayor. So, yeah, I I, um, I don't think there'll be much uh, fallout for this. I think uh, folks on the north side love uh mayor Lori lightfoot with a passion that is a little hard to understand it's not their kids that are getting messed up old laptops <laughs> well put could not argue with that uh at all and uh you know Lori lightfoot thought this was an acceptable way to do things you know to get an email from a guy and hey school public schools do something about it yeah Anyway, uh, good. So we'll see where that one leads. Uh, and finally, uh, good news in your uh, uh, in Maya land. Your book is coming yeah. out. Uh, My talk book, about your book is out. My book is out. It's available to order. Um, it's if you go to chicagoreader.com slash Maya book. Literally, that's the that's the URL. Chicagoreader.com slash Maya book. That will take you to um, the uh our online store and you can order a hard copy. You can order a uh, PDF if you prefer to do it on an e-reader, but it's a collection of uh, my writing on housing issues between 2014 and this year. And it's kind of like my greatest hits on housing and every penny from the sale of this book is going to support the reader. So I really encourage everyone to get it. You've got your own um, best of greatest hits collection coming out as well. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, you're the next in line. We've I'm already had uh, our, our colleagues, Lior Galil and Mike Sula uh, drop their books. So um, you're next in line. Yeah, I am the next in line. Uh, but uh, uh, is your last a classic in in this one, this collection? We talked about it. Uh, something you witnessed yourself or is that? Yeah, not considered about, yeah no, no, that's that's in there. That just made it in there before the deadline, before we had to. To, to finish laying everything out. So yeah, the story about the, the lockout that I witnessed uh, is in there. Yeah, that was a pretty remarkable story. Uh, also, pandemic. everyone should pick up the reader, this, uh, this current issue that's uh, out in the boxes now, because I've got a story in there, uh, follow up on my continued investigation of Pangea, Chicago's biggest evictor, about all the uh, messed up things happening in their corporate office. So Urge everyone to check that out as well. That's not in the book. That's not in the book. Uh, All right. Uh, Yeah. Get your, uh, your copies. As Maya says, uh, the money goes to help the reader, our beloved reader, uh, which is, you know, we're doing everything we can to to stay alive uh, during these difficult times. Uh, And I just want to take this moment to say Maya and I will not be doing a first Tuesday show in January, but we will return in February. Lord knows who our guests will be, but we will have 
uh, some guests uh, in February. And I'm presuming, uh, Maya, the pandemic will still be with us. The vaccines will not have magically uh, erased all the precautions that we need to take. And so it'll be another virtual one. Don't you think that will be the case? Yeah, I think it's probably pretty likely. And uh, how was how was the first one? Uh, just an overall review. You know, everybody can download it. But what was the experience like? I think that we had a very good discussion with uh, with Peter Cunningham and Rosana Rodriguez Sanchez. We had a good participation of people in the chat. Um, people, yeah, we seem to have a have a good conversation. I, you know, it's not the same as being all together, but I think that as far as an online event goes, it was uh, pretty lively and interesting. I you know. Did you feel the same? Uh, yeah, I. I um... It's funny. I, I'm, my column that we're doing, I'm doing for a year, year and end issue talks about all the things I'm looking forward to getting back on uh, in the coming year. Instead of looking back at the, the horrific year that just was, I'm looking forward to things that I'll be doing in the coming year that I haven't been able to do in a while. And one of them uh, are, are live hideout shows with you, Maya, uh, and that dynamic that you have when you do a live show where you hear the audience, uh, they, you know, they'll, they may gasp in disbelief at something that is said. They may laugh. Somebody may feel compelled to burst out with an exclamation, you know, that what makes you unique. Um, And with the, the, the servers going around, you know, (laughs) serving people, their booze and just, just that element of the live club. I, I really miss that. That said, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, there was this, the old spirit I was on, you can't see it. We've, uh, uh, it's on our podcast. You can hear it. Uh, and it's um, the Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez and Peter Cunningham discussing the future of the Democratic Party. Uh, how far to the left should it go? Uh, is it possible to move any further to the left without alienating the center? Or will the center force Joe Biden to go to the right? And will that alienate the left? And what's the compromise? Anyway, it was a it was a, a good discussion uh, on that. So, you know, given the circumstances, uh, you can't see it, but I'm, I was on the stage at the hideout where we traditionally yeah. would be sitting. And uh, Maya was upstairs in what they call the green room where you, you wait to, to go on stage. Uh, we were talking to computers. So we were both at the hideout. Yeah, but in and different spaces. Different spaces. Uh, and uh, whenever we were together in the same room, we were wearing masks. And uh, so we'll probably do the same thing in February. Uh, folks, and I urge you, if you haven't heard it already, uh, to check it out. Good good discussion. Uh, I'm not sure that, uh, well, you know, uh, Peter and Rosanna did their best. I think they met where they actually met. And this has to do a little bit with uh, Peter Cunningham's uh, place in life was an issue of police reform. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure where, uh, if they see eye to eye on something like uh, Medicare for all, um, but they saw eye to eye on police reform. Yeah. Um, I think they'll probably see eye to eye on the tragedy of this, uh, of this, uh, Raid. So, Anjanette Young's uh, the raid on Anjanette Young. All right, Maya, uh, stay safe and sound, and we'll talk to you real soon. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. I want to thank Maya Dukmasova, outstanding job as she always does. Uh, And I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy in Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. That is uh, Dr. Jill Biden will tell you back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. 